his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. everyone Hello, welcome everybody. to another program we're doing these back to back in case you see that we just did one <laughs> yep uh, welcome to jumpstart your journey uh, for Jesus and we're just here to encourage you on your journey with Jesus we're all on different levels Amen. and uh, this jumpstart could propel you forward and we've been covering some basics that will help someone on their journey with Jesus yes so we started off by talking about uh, receiving salvation as the basic yep. level of Christianity. That's the first uh, step, of course, is mm -hmm. to accept Jesus as our Savior and for what he's done for us, for mankind, so that um, we can be, again, in union with Christ. Yes. And then uh, we talked about the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, about him coming and being part of our lives, him helping us and all those good things. And then, of course, we talked about studying the word. We just talked about studying the word before this one. So in case you're following along in the different steps. And then now today, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about uh, fellowship with other believers. That is so true that yes. we need that. You know, um, God created his church. Yes. To be like a family. And it's always good for a family to spend time together. Yes. And that's how God designed it. Yes. So I'll let you get started. <laughs> you know, um, there's, there is a power that God has on individuals. But then there's a separate power when we come together. We like to call it the corporate anointing. Yes. You know, and there is a difference when people come together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in an atmosphere of combined faith and and like-mindedness yes. 
and, and unity, and God can just do great things in that atmosphere. Yes. I mean, I think about it in the natural, you know. You could have a meal. You could cook a great meal. You could order a meal mm-hmm. from the best restaurant, and the meal itself is delicious. Yes. And then you could eat that all by yourself with no one else around. You're just there by yourself. Maybe some people watch TV while they eat by themselves versus having that same food, but you take it somewhere else with a group of people right. and you have a meal together. You get to know people. You laugh. You hear jokes. Maybe you might even hear a story of someone's life that's not so great, but you're there and you can encourage them. Yeah. These these are all some of the benefits and this is what we refer to when we say fellowship. Yeah. It's us being together with people. Absolutely. And just growing together, getting to know each other and learning yeah. Something new that maybe we would never know if we were sitting by ourselves. Yeah, you know, the, the word uh, for church in the Bible, it is the same word that they use in Greek for an assembly. Mm-hmm. It's when an assembly was called together. And see, we've been called out of darkness, mm-hmm. and we've been brought into the light. And uh, every born-again believer is part of something greater called the body of Christ. Right, right. You know, we have relatives in the body of Christ in diff- on different countries and different continents. Yes, which is great. We have relatives in heaven yes. you know, and on earth. It's a really big family. Yes. And like you could go to any country, maybe you haven't been to before, and a good starting place, find a church and go meet some people. And that's a good way to, you know, say that you've met other members of your family. Absolutely. Because we all, we are born again into the same family. And we may do things differently, but we're part of the same family. Yes. And that's the key. So, you know, God created this thing called the church. And he made it a family. It's Mm -hmm. part of every... Every church, it's the church isn't the building, by the way. The church is the people. Right. And it's just that we call the building where the church gathers the church. Yes. It's a good name for it. Yes, absolutely. But it is important for a person who becomes a believer to be able to have a place where they can put their roots down. Yes. You know, and grow and uh, develop their spiritual gifts. Right. So I... You know, with everything that God would like us to do as a born-again believer, Mm -hmm. you know, these things we're teaching, it is in God's, uh, you know, it's God's delight for us to do these things. Right. But, of course, you know, somebody who is the enemy of God and us Mm -hmm. would definitely come in and try to tell you why it's not a good idea and also point out bad experiences. Yes. To tell you, stay away or, or... you are already part of the body and you are, you know, you are the church. You don't need to go around to another church and to yeah. be uh, in a group of people. What do, what do we say to that? Because that is a lie yes. that so many people believe. Well, I, I would use an illustration yes. to answer that. I could not get a business degree if I never went to university or studied online. Mm-hmm. I can't just get a degree. I have to be part of the community. Mm-hmm. whether the online community or the actual in-person community, mm-hmm. if I'm not part of that, you know, for example, if there's a course of study, I have right. a business administration degree, mm-hmm. so we studied business courses. But if I never participated in those courses, 
I could never receive a grade, mm -hmm. and I would never get the degree. Right. So even in online school, yes, which I'm part of now, mm -hmm. in online school, you are required to discuss things mm -hmm. and have feedback on it. Yes. And that's how we learn. So in this class of how many ever people who we've never met, but we have met by our um, information that we shared, we've met that way, mm -hmm. and a topic would be presented, a case would be presented, and we would have to discuss it and give feedback on what the person yes. has said with references. And uh, we do it with people. This is the other part of fellowship. Mm -hmm. Is the Bible tells us to be around people of like precious faith. Yes. So if you are doing a bachelor's degree, you're not going to be put in a class with people who are doing a doctor doctorate. Correct. You wouldn't be put in a higher class. The doctoral student may be put in a lower class if it's something they missed or yes. a basic they missed. But a, a undergraduate student would not be put in a doctoral level class because it's not of like-mindedness. Right. They're coming from a different level. And so it is in the Word of God and in God's house and His kingdom. It's not that somebody's better than the other, but we are around people where iron can sharpen iron. Yes. And we're talking about the same things. Or even somebody who doesn't know about something can go into a place where somebody else knows it and we learn from each other. And see, the, the church is a relatively new thing. Mm -hmm. It was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Yes. And prior to that day, there were places of worship. They were called synagogues. Right. Um, in the in the wilderness, Moses had a tent called the tabernacle. Tabernacle, yes. You know, and then when they had themselves established in Jerusalem, they built a temple. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was a place where people would come. You know, they would worship God in that place. It was dedicated for that. But on the day of Pentecost, you know, there wasn't a thing called the church. It was birthed on yes. that day. Three thousand yes. people got born again in one day. And what you find is that they started immediately after that they were sharing things in common mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they were meeting together mm -hmm. they were sharing in teaching sharing in communion yes. and sharing in fellowship right and see uh some of the people knew each other before mm -hmm. but they knew each other before they had the experience yes. of the new birth being filled with the Holy Spirit and having this brand new experience that became the church yes. with each other. So the way for them to grow and to see what this is and to and they have this excitement about it and to be taught yes. was they they kept meeting together. They met every day. Yeah, here's what it says in the book yeah. of Acts, chapter two, uh, starting with verse forty one. Acts two forty one. It says. Um, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added to them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or teaching, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayer. Mm -hmm. And fear came upon every soul, and um, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All that believed were together, held everything, uh, all things in common, and they sold their possessions uh, and their goods and parted uh, them unto all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple because there was no church building. Right, so they were the beginning. They yes. were starting it. And so they, uh, they shared what they had. They grew what they had. 
And today we're here because of what they did. Exactly. And, and when you think of a church, you have to think of, okay, who's in charge of the church? This was, the church was a Jesus idea. Yes. He says, I will build my, my church, church. Yes. and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And um, in, in Acts, it talks about how he purchased the church with yes. his blood. Yes. So someone who starts something Mm-hmm. And someone who purchases it with the, their blood, mm-hmm. it's pretty important to it, them. It is, and it's strong. Yes. The church is strong. So whether or not somebody decides to participate in a church, in a building that's meeting together, it wouldn't stop the church right. from being, because it is the body of Christ, and Jesus isn't dead. Right. So he, it, the church isn't going to die. Nope. You know, the, one of the lies of the enemy is to tell people and convince them that you're, you are part of the church, you don't need to go and meet with a group of people, or even further to help those who can't quite stomach that lie would tell them that the church wasn't meant to meet in a big building. It was meant to meet in a church home because that's what they did in Acts. But they only did that in Acts because they didn't have a big building as yet. Exactly. And the model in the Old Testament where God wanted his houses to what he wanted to represent him was pretty elaborate, actually, when you think about it. It was very elaborate. Yeah, the tabernacle, the temporary place in the wilderness was so well thought out it was amazing if if someone was to take all the material that they used in building the tabernacle mm-hmm. it'd be about seven uh, million dollars mm-hmm. but if you were to take all, all the material they used in the temple it'd be about seven billion wow and that's god's house yes so a lot of lies that are put out in the atmosphere today it ha- so it depends what it is that would trip you up whether or not you think people should just meet in the house because that's the pure way or whether or not people should meet in a church but the church shouldn't be so elaborate that it that it uh, it doesn't feed the poor you know like you're robbing the poor by having a big church well then then we're saying a stadium shouldn't be so elaborate right. to house a sports team. right but see these are all contradictory things and yeah. i always point out to people the person who always highlighted the poor over lavishing Jesus with something or lavishing God with something was Judas. Yes. It was Judas who said when the woman came and opened the alabaster box and she was pouring it out on Jesus' feet, like she was literally pouring perfume on his feet. And Judas was thinking, you know, he should have sold that and given it to the poor. And Jesus answered that evil thought is what it was. And he said, the poor you always have with you. So whatever lies you've heard about the church and you have maybe in, you know, uh, have it ingrained in you and you feel like you are betraying someone's trust or their uh, ties to you by going to church, just break it off. Let it be broken off of you in Jesus' name and let the Lord put you in a place so you can be planted and grow. See, the early believers, they looked forward to being together. Yes, they did. They had great expectation and great anticipation. And I like what the psalmist said, excuse me, in Psalm uh, 84. He said, it is a good thing to dwell in God's house and presence 
and, for, and to sing praises unto his name. It's a good thing. Yes, it's not a bad thing. So when we you say know. bad things about the church, yes. about gathering together, we're going directly against the word of God. We're really saying bad things about Jesus. Yes, we are, because the church is his body. Yes. And anywhere his body wants to meet together is a good thing. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you meet in a tent or a building. You know, I believe that a church should be the best because it's God's house. Yes. But you do, you use what you have. Yes, you right? there's a starting point but it should not remain stagnant right the the the, the main focus of is the coming together part, yes yes know? and uh the bible is very strong on that you know i like what the other psalmist said i was glad when they, when said, they said unto to me, me let us yes. go to the house of the lord and that's how we need to approach church i was glad yes i get to go yes you know God's got something for me there. I have great expectation. That is the attitude yes. that we need to go and with. And we see su- such extreme things that the enemy brings in different generations. Yes. To uh, stop people from gathering together that think in like precious faith. Whether it's shaming them that they go to a, too rich of a building or shaming them because they shouldn't gather because of what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. or shaming them because of what goes on in that church. You know, those people are called the holy rollers. Or, or Every generation and every yes. decade had some shame element to it from the enemy. Yes. And that alone should tell us that what jo- coming together and joining together and being in like precious faith with, with, uh, with believers is a very potent thing against the enemy. So... You know, the Bible says that a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And a house divided against itself will not stand. Will not stand. So who brings division into a place? It is Satan. It is Satan all the way. The Bible talks about where there's strife. Yes. There's every, every evil, evil work. work. Yes. Absolutely. And um, here's what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says... It says, encourage other believers to love others and do good deeds. And it says, attend church. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. together. Yes. Especially when you see the day. Yes. Approaching. approaching. And that day that he's talking about there is the day of the Lord. Yeah. The day Which of his return. Every day that we live on earth, it's a day closer to the approach. So we are to not, um, you know, forsake the assembling period it's yes. something that we should be doing and there's so much that is caught mm-hmm. when we assemble together that can't be taught right and you know god sometimes works in moments mm-hmm. and and uh, god has god plans for people to come together because he said where two or three are gathered i'm there in the midst not apart mm-hmm. but gathered yes he said, there am i you know you said it in correctly. the midst yeah so god wants his people together so that he can do something in their midst. Mm -hmm. And when we miss the gathering, sometimes we miss that moment. Right. You know, I'm reminded of a story right here in our church of um, a a lady was sharing a mom and she was saying that when she was going through a very tough time in her life, Mm -hmm. um, abuse, an abusive relationship, and she was uh, working her way out of it, one of the things she didn't possess herself was really uh, boldness and how to do certain things in the word, right. right? Because she was learning how to do that. So I didn't know she was doing this, 
But anytime, she said, anytime I was speaking to someone in the congregation publicly, it was out in public, so everybody, you know, anybody, Mm -hmm. she would get as close as she can to listen to the instructions I would give and how I would tell them to speak and to pray. And she would do that, and today she's free. And I didn't know she was doing that because she realized she was lacking something. She was lacking a skill. So she was in church where God told her to go, and then she decided to grow in areas that I couldn't have walked up to her and say, hey, you need to learn how to do this. I I probably may have told her you need to be bold. But again, saying you need to be bold and having her be in an atmosphere where she can see what boldness looks like and how you demonstrate boldness, that tremendously helped Mm -hmm. to give her the victory that she needed in her life and this is the problem i think when someone is a believer so if if you've been a a believer for a long time or you just got saved it's the same problem that people uh encounter where they can learn how to do something yes but they've never been around people to catch how how it's done right and to get that experience so when you are around that environment where somebody is doing it you can clear years off of living the experience yourself and just catching up to somebody else's experience and just growing with it. You know, um, as a pastor now for over, well, for 19 years, I've heard a lot of excuses why people can't come to church, but what I look for is reasons to come to church. Right, right. You know, and uh, a couple years ago, we did this with our leaders, and we just asked them, for reasons why someone should come to VCF, mm-hmm. and you know they gave us uh, they gave us their reasons, and I combined it into seven, and you know it's because they feel the love of God, they uh, experience the power of God, uh, the word is taught, and uh, you know there's uh, different things. I can't remember all that uh, mm-hmm. was on the list, but mm-hmm. you know God wants to hear reasons. Why you should come yes. to church, not excuses why you Why can. you can't come to church, right. You know. And, and it's the devil himself and yeah. his workers that would sway someone and give them a way out and give them rationale yeah. as to why being in a church is a bad thing. And most of the time, too, he would cause somebody who is not following God's plan themselves, yes. who is all, also feel rejected, who has issues in their life, to hurt somebody in church. Mm-hmm. And then when they hurt that person now, that person has a, a frame of reference from the devil to, that remember, to reminds them, see, I told you yes. that the church is full of hypocrites and people who want to hurt you. But that's not God's body. God's body, Jesus' body has no hypocritical thing in it. No. it ha- it's full of love. And that's what you have to find when you go to church. If you're in a church where it's all backbiting, striving, and everything else, then you might have to pray for your pastor or ask God what you need to do. Yeah. But where there's stripe, there's every evil work but where the spirit of god is there's liberty mm-hmm. you know i like what um the apostle paul wrote to his young protege timothy and he called the church in in first timothy three fifteen. he said the church of the living god mm-hmm. is the pillar and the foundation of the truth and he wrote this so that a person would know how to behave yes in the church yes so um you know the church is this is the uh, pillar and the foundation of the truth? Mm-hmm. What other organization is teaching people about Jesus? Right, right. You know, well, we know it's not happening in it's school. The church. We yeah. know it's not happening in school unless it's a private school that is you know? specifically doing that. Yeah. And if the church is important to God, it ought to be important to us. Yes. As believers. And um, 
you know, the Bible says that God appoints pastors mm -hmm. and leaders in the church to feed, tend, and guide God's sheep. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he appointed uh, us as pastors here. And um, God has reasons for why he appoints people in certain right. places. Right. And he, uh, he knows what he is doing overall yes. in, in his body. So he puts, God is organized. He is. He has order. He's organized. He has a system. Yep. And so him having different buildings for people to meet in is a very efficient and organized way for his people to be taught so they can overcome the world and destroy the works of the enemy. That's the whole yeah. plan here. You know, some people think that McDonald's was the originator of the franchise. Mm -hmm. But God came up with the franchise long before McDonald's was ever here. Mm -hmm. His franchise is called the church. Mm -hmm. We are a church here in Palmyra, Pennsylvania. But we know of a church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We know of a church in, in India. Uh, Kenya. Mm -hmm. You know, God yeah. has franchises yes. all around the world yes. of his organization that he set up called the church. Mm -hmm. See, the church is the body of Christ. Right. And he fills his church full with himself. And he gives every person in a church a position. Yes. You know, Paul talks about the arm and the leg and don't complain about if you're not, you're a toe or a finger or all these different things. That's the com competition of man. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in God's body, there is no competition. There's no striving. Yes. This is the key. Now, I'm sh there are churches that have this stuff happen. Mm -hmm. and But you have to think, who are the people causing that to happen? It's not the foundation of the church. It's the people involved. So there's scripture for that. Yes. There's scripture for that. There's a way to take care of that. But you also have to know... The Bible talks about us as believers being sheep. Mm -hmm. And then he warned the disciples about wolves. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know wherever there's sheep, that's where the wolves are going to go. Absolutely. And so as a sheep in a church, if you're, if you're a member of a church, you're sitting in a church, and you feel like somebody is dishonest or they're strifeful or they're you know, doing certain things, and you could bring it to the attention of leadership. And if the leadership is trying to deal with them and they keep causing more strife and more problems, then you realize we're dealing with a wolf here. Yeah. We're dealing with somebody who wants to devour the sheep, who wants to make them become nothing. They're growing and he wants to kill them or yeah. she wants to kill them. And we have to take care of that. And a lot of people may be surprised, but Jesus was a regular church attender. Yes. He went to synagogue. The Bible would say as his custom, custom was. was. Yes. He often, uh, he attended it every week. Mm -hmm. He preached in it mm -hmm. frequently. Mm -hmm. He performed miracles. Yeah, he rebuked it. the Pharisees you know, in the he, church. He uprooted the <laughs> yes. religious system and instituted a relational system. It's where he took the whip and turned over tables and things. You know, it was in a church. He, um, he did things on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. You know, he performed miracles. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus was a church attender. He's not asking us to do anything that, that he, he did do not himself. do. Yes. It's also the place, the church is also the place that we come together to remember yes. what Jesus did on the cross. He said, do this as much as you, uh, the yeah, communion, having communion. Having communion. Yeah. This is where we have a memory of the sacrifice of what Jesus did for us. And, you know, the great miracle in the book of Acts chapter 3, where they healed the lame man. 
Where was Peter and John going? They were going, they to, were going church. to church at the time of prayer. Mm-hmm. They were going to a prayer meeting mm-hmm. at the church. Now, it, it was uh, the temple because, that's, once again, they didn't have any church buildings right, yet. Right, right, right. So that's what they you had. <laughs> uh, the, the disciples uh, also went to church, you know, and uh, they went to church in different locations, mm-hmm. different uh uh, you know temples and different things and they were continually in the temple blessing and praising God and see that's something that the church when we get together and we bless and praise God it's a group of witnesses yes imagine in one week all of these people coming together witnessing being a witness to how God was good to them that week Yes. We're all witnesses that we overcame. If the enemy was trying anything on somebody, we're all rejoicing with them. Yes. Because they overcame, you know. We're witnesses that we another lost soul came to Christ because we witnessed to them, and now we've a, a new baby is in the kingdom. Yeah. So these are all things that can happen in the church, in the house of God, that you can't just do by yourself or watching it online. I mean, as much as that is, you're watching us online now, but the point is there should be a point in your life where you're coming into you, need to, with you need to interact with people. Yes. That's how God designed it. And, you know, thank, thank God for the technology that we have and, and the, the ease of, of watching yes. it. But that's no excuse for coming in person. Yeah. I, I think the greatest uh, part of our walk with Christ is tested in church. Right. It's our love walk. Yes. Because... This is where you're meeting with people of like precious faith. And if you can't love in that environment, then you know you've got a major love problem. And what better place to fix it, though, than in the church? It's one thing to say you're working with a bunch of people that don't know Christ and they're always so mean and all this stuff. And so you have an excuse. But when you come to church, what is the excuse? So if if you're staying away from church because of people, that's a good indicator that you have a deficit. Yes. That needs to be fixed, and it needs to be fixed with the love of God. Absolutely. But how do you know how to love people if you're not around them? Yeah. How, you know, Jesus said the, the proof of love is, is how we love people. Yes. And, um, you know, God made this beautiful organization mm-hmm. called the church. Mm-hmm. It's important to him. It needs to be important to us. Yes. And there needs to be some consistency. Yes. Some regular attend- If you're not regularly attending, you know... I doubt if you're even hearing from God. Mm-hmm. Well, it would hinder it. It would hinder it. And and if you're not attending because you choose not to. That's different. That's yeah, yes. If you choose not to attend and you're capable of doing it, then there might be some offense or something there. And you need to deal with that. Like, for real, you need to deal with offense yes. and say, you know, who? where does offense come from? It isn't coming from the love of God. It's coming from some other source that's feeding you stuff that's yes. not real, it's not true, and it's not of God. So, But if you are not able to come to church because of physical uh, incapabilities mm-hmm. and all these things, then God knows how to even bring fellowship to you. You know, God may know how to get a group of people to come visit you and ask for it. Ask God to send people your way so you could have fellowship. Yeah. And one of the greatest transformations in the Bible, Paul went from persecuting yeah. the church to building churches. Yes. And I think that's awesome. Yes. So we just want to pray for you uh, now. And, uh, you know, maybe um, there's just uh, everybody, 
the greatest room for improvement, that's the biggest room to change. Self-improvement. So, Heavenly Father, Thank we you, just Jesus. come before you today, and we're so grateful for the church of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Lord, the called-out, blood-bought, blood-washed, glorious church that you have established yes. here on this earth. And, Lord, Thank that you're you, still Jesus. working in, that you're still moving in, that you're yes. still teaching and doing great and mighty things in, Lord. Thank we you, just Lord. give you thanks and praise for the church. And I just pray that people will have a change of heart and a change of mind yes. toward, their, toward their church, Lord. Yes, and they Lord. would just make themselves available to you where you could speak to them. And, and they just become in, an integrated, active member of the body of Christ. Yes, and we give you thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you God until bless we you. see you again. And, yep. of course, always communicate with us if you have questions or share, share, share this information with people you know. God bless you. Bye-bye.